This is Pastor Chadwick King. I hope you enjoy the ministry of God's Holy Word today provided by the Promise Center Media Ministry. Please share this lesson or sermon with your friends and family. And may the Lord bless you. Everybody doing good? All right. Hebrews chapter 10 and verse 39. Hebrews 10 and 39. We've been uh, studying out of the book of Hebrews. I want to just take one verse tonight, just one verse, and just kind of extrapolate out of it a little bit. And again, this is like I wrote this, like this message when putting it together, what was in my heart. It's like an 18-minute message. So... Um, the bottom line is, is if I go 35 minutes, you can blame it on the anointing or the Holy Ghost because it's, it's designed to be 18 minutes, all right? But, but I, I, really, I really feel strong about uh, the, the message and, and the context. And, and this may be just for one person. Somebody's in a fight, and you're in the fight of your life. And this message is for you tonight. I don't know who you are where you are, and maybe you're listening to this on the podcast, but I want to tell you, God knows where you are, and He's with you in the battle. Amen. He's with you in the battle, and, and, and the Bible says, don't be weary in well-doing. Keep fighting. Amen. We're going we're gonna to make it in Jesus' name. So here's what the book says, Hebrews 10 and 39, but we are not like those who turn away from God to their own destruction, or as one version says, turn back, to go back. We are faithful ones who, whose souls will be saved. Now, this is a big idea because, because there are those in the scriptures who turned away, went back, dropped the sword, gave up in the middle of the fight. And I, and I want you to know this, that this church stands with you when you're in battle. This church, this community, and this family wants to lift your hands and raise your hands and fight with you and be an armor bearer for you because we're all in this together and everybody's going to have a season where it feels like the enemy's coming from every direction. And I believe God is going to give us strength and even some wisdom tonight on how to, how to fight and, and, and how to, to push forward and be victorious in the Lord. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we give you honor. We thank you for your word. We thank you for the spirit of your word. I pray that the living word would preach and teach the written word. Let the rhema word, God, break forth in power, bring understanding. We honor you here tonight. We thank you for your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say amen. Amen. So how many knows that we have an, we have an adversary named the devil? Does anybody know and realize that there's a there's an adversary named the devil he's not your friend and and he he's not he he's he's not as cool as maybe even the old uh, Tom and Jerry cartoons make him out to be the little you know guy on the shoulder and then the angel on the other side but there's an idea about satan that the scripture gives that I love in the old testament it says that when when the time is done and and we see satan for who he is Everybody's going to be like, that's it? That's him right there? That puny thing right there? And that he just has this way of embellishing himself and making us believe that he's a lot tougher and stronger than he really is. In fact, Tim Downs, um, he, he talks about psyops, um, 
uh, warfare or psychological operations. And it's basically the operations of, 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 of fighting psychologically with those that you're in combat with. Alexander the Great did this. Um, the, one of the things that they did is they would get shields and swords that were made for men that were 10, 12, 14 feet tall. And whenever the enemy would come, they would act like they retreated and they would drop their sword and their shield. And the enemy would come running and look at the swords and shield that were for men that were giants. And they would begin to get scared. And they, they fought psychologically, not just with the sword. And this is what the enemy does. He wants to embellish himself. He wants you to think that you have no power. Jesus has already conquered your enemy. He's already given you power over the enemy. And as you've heard us say before, if we get under those things that God has put over us, we'll be able to get over those things that God's put under us. And if we stay submitted to the Spirit, we'll have power and authority over the enemy. He's no thing. He's a speed bump in the master plan of what God has for your life. you got to know you're victorious in Christ. I want you to leave here knowing that you have victory over Satan. Amen. God has put him under our feet, and we're going to walk in triumph and victory in the name of Jesus. Amen. And the Bible says in Ephesians 4 and 27, very simple, simply said, neither give place to the devil. Neither give place to the devil. And so we don't want to give place to him. We don't want to create opportunities for him to, to get us tripped up, to get us frustrated, and uh, there, there's ways that we can do that. But I want to talk about another enemy, and an enemy that Paul talked about, an enemy that's not around you, but an enemy that's in you, that is you, and it's this enemy called the flesh. Everybody say the flesh. flesh. It's interesting that there was this prophet in the Old Testament, and this king uh, gives money to this prophet named Baal, and he says, I want you to go, and I want you to prophesy against Israel. And so... Baal goes and he tries to prophesy, and when he begins to prophesy against Israel, all that could come out of his mouth was blessing on Israel. He couldn't curse what God had blessed. And this happens three times. He tries to go and curse Israel. God's like, it's not going to happen. And even on this third time, he's going, and the donkey that he's riding, like, turns and is like, dude, what are you doing? Like... Like, the donkey talks to him. This is, like, the coolest thing ever, right? And, and he's like, what, what are you doing? It's not going to work. <clears throat> and so Baal says this to the king. He says, look, here's the bottom line. We can't curse him, but, he, but we can do this. Why, why don't we get them to sin? Because if we can get them to sin, then we don't have to fight them. God will. If we can get them to sin and become carnal, carnally minded, then, it, then we, don't have, we can't beat them because they're God's children. But if we can get them all messed up and we can get them warring against each other, if we can get immorality embellished in the camp, if we can get gossip moving, then it won't be us fighting them. They'll be fighting against God and God will ultimately fight against them. And that's, that's the big plan. And that's how so many were destroyed in the, in, in the wilderness in the Old Testament because they gave way to the desires of the flesh. In fact, uh, Jeremiah says this, that the heart is the most wicked part of us. It's deceitful. All of us have this deceitful heart, which means there's no greater liar to you than yourself, to yourself. 
You are your greatest liar. You're the one that's going to lie to yourself, deceive yourself. Your heart's going to deceive you. This humanity. I love what C.S. Lewis said, and I've, I've been reading his book, uh, going over it again, Mere Christianity. And he, and he makes this statement. He goes, the issue with the world is not religion. Religion didn't fail the world. He said, the issue is not government. Government doesn't fail the world. He says, the issue has been humanity. Humanity fails. But people see religious people, and there's humans that are religious, and they say, oh, look, these religious people failed, and therefore all religion is bad. You wouldn't do that if you knew of a postman, a mailman who did something wrong in Idaho. You wouldn't say, I don't want mail anymore. The issue is not the mail service. The, the issue is humanity. Humanity is the issue. Humanity is the issue. We, we are broken, dysfunctional people because of sin. Sin has broken us. Sin has wounded us. There's fear and trepidation. We can't trust one another. There's all this stuff that's in us. Now there's this other side of us. There's the carnal side, but then there's the spiritual side. And if you serve God for any amount of time, you're going to realize that there's these two sides of you, and you're going to think for a little bit you're crazy because there's these two sides warring against each other. And the real war is not from the inside out. It's on the inside. Paul talks about this. The things that I would do, man, I can't do them. And the things that I don't want to do, those are the things I end up doing. What's going on? Oh, this body of flesh. I keep warring and my war is in my members. My war is my humanity. There's this natural proclivity to continue to rebel against God's law, to rebel against what I know is right. And so we have to guard ourselves. Everybody say, guard yourself. Romans chapter 13 and verse 10 says this. <clears throat> love does no wrong to a neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. Besides this, you know the time that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone. The day is at hand. So then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as in the daytime, not in all kinds of bad stuff and sexual immorality, sensuality, quarreling and jealousy. Put on the Lord Jesus Christ and make no provisions for the flesh to gratify its desires. Make no provisions for the flesh because the flesh cannot be trusted. Your flesh cannot be trusted. My flesh cannot be trusted because humanity is broken. There's a part of us that is redeemed. Our spirit man is redeemed. Our soul is sanctified. But I'm going to tell you, at the end of the day, you are human. And you've got to make sure that you humble this man, that you humble the flesh again and again. And that's why Paul said, if I want God to increase, I must decrease. I must die Daily, so the power of God and his righteousness can reign in my life. Amen. Every one of us are in a battle. Every one of us in this room are in a battle. You're in a battle. Whether you know it or not, and the battle is not external, the battle is internal. That's the battle. That's the battle you're going to fight. That's the battle you're going to face. It's not going to be some exterior uh, opponent. It's going to be your flesh, your humanity warring against you. I want you to see this, Luke 22 and 35. This is one of those wow scriptures. 
This is one of those wild scriptures. Luke 22 and 35. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent you without purse, bag, or sandals, did you lack anything? So remember, Jesus said, hey, guys, to the disciples, I'm going to send you guys out. You're going to go out. You're going to do ministry, and the, the, the Spirit's going to move on you, and you're going to cast out devils, heal the sick. And, and you don't need a purse. You don't need a sword. You don't need money. You don't need a tent. You don't need shoes. You don't need bear spray. You just go in faith. So we went to Yosemite National Park last week, and I felt like wisdom came over me when we went to the Bass Pro Shop. I bought bear spray. So that's, that's where that came from. Anyways, you don't need all that. You just need to go in faith. And so this is like, man, we, we go by faith. And now Jesus is about to be taken. He's about to be scourged. He's about to be beaten. And watch what he says. He said to them, but now if you have a purse, take it. And also a bag if you don't have, if you don't have a sword, <clears throat> sell your cloak and buy one. You're about to enter into a moment. And for three days, you're not going to know what is going on. He said, there's an hour of temptation about to take place. There's a couple days where you're going to be in your mind questioning everything. In your flesh, frustrated. Peter, you're going to deny me three times. But here's what I want you to do. I told you before, you don't have to have a sword. I told you before, this ain't a war. But I'm telling you right now, in the hour of temptation, you need to know how to fight. You need to know how to fight. You're going to be in a situation where you don't know what to do. When you feel like oh, everything's caving in, they've taken the Christ, and you're going to want to scurry, and you're going to want to run. He says, now is the time to pick up a sword. Now is the time to fight. Can I tell you that God has given us permission to fight back against the temptations? God has given us permission to stand up against our Goliaths, whatever your Goliath is, whatever that thing. The Bible says this, lay aside all the weights and the sin that does so easily beset us. It's the sin. He didn't say the sins. He said the sin. It's usually that one thing, that one area, that one attitude, that one thing you run to, you look at. You search for. It's that one thing. He says, it's time. You can't go to where I'm taking you unless you grab a sword and are willing like King David to face your giant. It's time to knock down that enemy and say, you know what? I'm not going to be, I'm not going to quail anymore. I'm not going to be pushed back anymore. This thing that's tried to overtake me, this temptation that's tried to overtake me, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. The church is victorious. Can I tell you, you don't have to have condemnation. Every saint has a past. Every sinner has a future. You don't have to walk in condemnation. Everybody has a battle. Everybody has a battle. You may be thinking about it right now. You may be thinking about that thing that you're facing, that thing that intimidates you, that thing that you don't want to face, you don't want to talk about. It comes up in small group and you're like, where's the pie? 
It's that thing. It's that wrinkle in your clothes. That one wrinkle. It's the most annoying thing when you get that one wrinkle. A couple Sundays ago, I felt so good because I finally had like a start shirt. I was like, man, I'm looking good. I'm on my way to the church. And the seatbelt locks up. You ever have that, guys? The seatbelt never locks up until you have a nice iron shirt on. You know what I'm talking about? And you can't get it, so you got to undo it. And then, does nobody know what I'm talking about here? And you're like, Jesus, be a fence right now. And now you're driving with the seatbelt out like this. And now you got one beautiful just wrinkle across. And you just, everyone can see the wrinkle. And you, it's like that one wrinkle, that one wrinkle, that one thing, that, that one thing that's, and it's not, again, it's not an external thing. It's, it's an internal thing. It's that one thing you have to face up to. The Bible gives us remedies. You know, the Bible's amazing. It gives us the remedies for everything. It gives us remedies for issues in the church. People don't use them, but it says if you have a quarrel with someone, you go to them one-on-one, -on -one, try to make it right. That doesn't work. And grab a, grab a small group leader or one of the leaders in the church. Grab a pastor. Grab them and get together. Get, a, get, a, get someone that will mediate. If that doesn't work, man, get the whole crew together. Let's get, let's get a group. To, let's work it out. It says keep going back over and over and over and working it out. You've got to face it. Here's what the Bible gives us. He says this. He says, if you will confess your faults, if you'll, if you'll confess your sin to the Lord, he will forgive you, period. But if you want to be healed of those things, you have to confess them to one another. You got to find someone and you got to share your battle with somebody. You got to say, you know what? I'm facing this. I'm fighting this. That's the power of small groups. And this is not a commercial for small groups, but maybe it is turning into a commercial for small groups. You can't do this alone. You need some. Did anybody enjoy small groups this last semester? Amen. Can I tell you that you were not designed to do this alone? Amen. There's a power in your confession. There's a power in your confession. And so we have this internal war. And Jesus says, if you're going to make it through the hour of temptation, I need you to grab a sword. I need you to fight. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. 1 Corinthians 10 and 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but which is, which is common to man. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that you are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Every temptation comes with a back door. Every temptation comes with a door, a moment of clarity, a moment where you're able to run, dash out, get out, a moment where you're able to throw your hands up and go, ah, and run. In fact, the Bible says flee fornication. Uh, a pastor, when I first started uh, ministering, when I first started <coughs> uh, getting into ministry <coughs> as a young man, he says, he told me about Joseph and how Joseph, uh, in, in the scripture, uh, Potiphar's wife came to him and he says, you got to do, if, if this ever happens, you got to do what Joseph did. You just got to start running. And he says, I'll tell you what, don't even just run. He says, put your hands up and start doing cartwheels. <laughs> that'll repel anything. Just do cartwheels. Just start doing cartwheels and screaming and that'll repel anything. He says, you have to flee. You have to flee from youthful lust. You've got to run from it. You've got to fight it because the temptation is inevitable. Here's what Billy Sunday, the great evangelist, said. He said, listen, I'm against sin. I'll kick it as long as I've got a foot. I'll fight it as long as I've got a fist. I'll butt it as long as I have a head. I'll bite it as long as I've got teeth. And when I'm old and fistless and footless and toothless, I'll gum it till I go home to glory. 
And it goes back to perdition. I'm not going to stop fighting. And the fight is real. And it's every day. And it's every week. And it's real. Amen. So we got to keep fighting. So what's our situation? Amen. The Lord is able to keep you from a situation if we can pray and understand our proclivity. Matthew 6 and 13, it says this, lead us not into temptation. God, help me not to even get in the situation. There's things I've got to avoid. There's websites I got to avoid. There's places I got to stop going to. Don't let me get there because it's those environments that propel and amplify the human side of me, the weakness of me. And so I've got to learn to pray this and live this. Don't let me get into even the situation, the opportunity. Lord, when the opportunity, the situation setting itself up, Lord, I, I pray that you create a, a diversion. Don't even let me get in that scenario because if I am weak, I don't want to fall. So, Lord, in my weakness, raise up a strength, raise up a detour. Don't even let me get into those situations because one thing we understand is we without him cannot overcome but through the power of the spirit through the power of his grace and providence we can live a victorious life I know one of the things that that people you know sell and Christianity has sold this I, th I, I think it's a cheap sell is that well you're a sinner and just expect to sin and I think that's a cheap sell for the church because the Bible talks about sanctification not just justification we're justified by faith. Thank God we're justified. And, and you don't have to do anything to earn that, deserve that. You're justified. Isn't that a great feeling? Like you don't have to chase the carrot. Like do all these things and, and hope to get the carrot. You get the carrot at the beginning. And because you have the carrot, you walk in that promise. Amen. We don't, we don't get, you know, try to chase the carrot, so we, we got to do this step and that step and do these things, and, and we got to try to please God, and, and so he's not mad at us. We're always chasing the carrot. That's the wrong Christianity. The right Christianity says we are justified by faith. We get the carrot. Because we have the carrot, we can overcome. Because we get the carrot, we go through baptism. Because we have the carrot, we ask for his spirit. Because we have the carrot, we're going to walk a victorious, sanctified life that is in Christ. But he says we're going to sanctify. Sanctify the man. Sanctify me called out of darkness into his marvelous light. We don't want to sell ourselves short as Christians and say, well, man, we're, we're saved by grace. So we just do whatever we want. Jude deals with this and says, hey, don't make grace cheap. Don't make grace cheap. Bonhoeffer makes this, this, this big idea that, man, we've, we've cheapened grace. Grace costs something. Jesus said if you want the field, you've got to buy the entire field. But you got to sell out. He sold everything to get the field. And many want the field. They want to buy in without selling out. They want the field. They want the blessing. But they don't want to sell out. And I want to encourage someone here tonight. And I'm closing in just a moment. I want to encourage you. You're in the fight of your life. You're persevering. And we're proud of you. Number one, you don't have to do it alone. The church is with you. Number two, you cannot overcome this by yourself. You need the Holy Spirit to lead you and to guide you and to teach you to overcome. You will not have a victorious life in Christ without the Spirit. You cannot just do it with a mental assent of your faith in Jesus Christ. You have to have a working relationship and communion with the Spirit. A prayerful life and a life that dies to the flesh is a life that overcomes. Again, when we get under those things that 
that God has put over us, we can get over those things that God has put under us. And what we see at the end of the book, we see at the, in the book of Revelation, we don't see a weak, broken, incompetent, impotent church. You know what we see? We, we see a church that's victorious, glorious, white robes. We see a church that has overcome temptation. We see a church that's even come through the tribulation. We see a church that's made it through shining. Can I just tell you, you're part of the glorious church. Can I tell you that God is raising the standard. He's raising us to a new level of faith. He's saying, I'm not... I don't want you to live down here. I want you to live up here. It's time to grab a sword, and it's time to start fighting back. You can overcome. You have victory in Christ. Would you stand? Amen. I want to encourage you, and this is our prayer tonight. I want to encourage you to ask God, Lord, Give me the discernment to discern temptation. That's our prayer tonight. Help me to discern temptation. Some people don't discern temptation. While I know he's mean and doesn't have a job, but he loves me. I'm not just his girlfriend. I'm, I feel like I'm his mother. Run. Forrest, run. Sorry. You have to be able, you just have to have, you got to ask the Lord, God, help me to discern. Help me to discern. You know, there, there's times I, I, when I'm out of town sometimes, you know, one of the blessings of having a truck is you have a lot of friends. Because everybody needs a truck, right? And sometimes now I don't even know when people borrow my truck. My wife, I, we're going to start charging, at least like a little surcharge. But my, I, and, and, and the way I know is I get in my truck, I get home, and the next morning I get in my truck, and the seat is way up. <laughs> and the mirror's like this, and the mirrors are all in. I'm like, this ain't, this doesn't feel right. And I'm, I'm asking God to give you that, that discernment. You go, mm, something doesn't feel right. It doesn't fit in the plan. It doesn't feel right. Can I just tell you today, God can give you discernment and circumvent so many problems, circumvent so many pitfalls, because the church that God is raising up in these end times, you know what? It's a, it's a glorious, victorious church. And the Bible says, if we fall, Man, we have grace. We have an advocate with the Father because we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all sins. The church is victorious. God, we pray tonight that you would give us discernment over temptation. I know there's new Christians here. I know that there are seasoned Christians here. And Lord, every one of us, every one of us that's in this place or listening, Lord, every one of us, we're, we're, we're in a battle and the issue is, is not the devil. The issue is this man, this carcass that we're carrying, this dead man, this carnal mind that is an enemy of God. And Lord, the enemy 
will set up situations that will amplify a temptation. And in that moment, we want to have the spirit of Joseph. And in that moment, we want to be like David, marching into the valley, aware of our enemy, saying, no, 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 no. I come in the name of the Lord. We will be victorious. We will be victorious. It's a victorious church. If you want to have victory in your life, would you just lift your hands? We're going to pray right now over everybody in this room. Heavenly Father, right now, give us discernment. Give us discernment over temptation. Give us discernment over temptation. Let us feel it. Let us sense it. Let us realize something's not right. Something's off. The devil is a liar. We will come in victory. And this man, this, this, this body, this carnal man, Lord, I, I, I put it back on the cross. I'm picking up my cross. I'm dying out to the, to the gospel. I'm dying out to the purpose. I'm dying out to the promise. I'm dying out to the spirit. Lord, I want to be raised. Lord, I want to be victorious. Lord, I want to walk in victory. I can lift my head. My hands are clean. My heart is clean, and I will ascend into the hill of the Lord, and I will stand in that sacred place, and I will see the glory of the Lord. I will see the glory of the Lord. The church is victorious. The church is victorious. Amen. One last prayer before we leave. I want you to find someone close by. I want everybody to find somebody. If it's twos, if it's three, if it's four, I want you to pray with someone and for someone. You're not praying for yourself right now. You're praying for someone else. Take someone by the hand because here's the deal. Everybody in this room, everybody in this room, everyone that's here, everybody who is here, we all have to battle. We all have to war. We all have to strive for the masteries. So, Lord, I pray for my neighbor. I pray for my sister. I pray for my brother right now. I pray virtue flow over them. I pray you renew their soul. Renew their strength. We're not going to give provision to the flesh. We're not going to give provision to this man. We're going to fight. We're going to claw. Jesus name Jesus name Jesus name in Jesus name pick up your sword pick up your sword pick up your sword in the day of temptation pick up your sword and fight hallelujah in the name of Jesus there will be miracles there will be victory there will be outpouring. There will be a glorious church. There will be righteousness in the land. There will be a holy bride who has prepared herself. Hallelujah. 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 In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Can we just give the Lord a big hand clap tonight?
You're victorious in Jesus. Hallelujah. For more information about who we are, we invite you to go to thepromisecenter.com. God bless you.